Hello, and welcome to the Reselling Report podcast for today, Monday, July 27th, 2020. I'm your host, Anne Eckhart, and every weekday I upload the Reselling Report to update you on the day's retail and e-commerce news, including the latest from eBay, Amazon, Etsy, and Poshmark. Whether you're listening on YouTube or your favorite podcast site, make sure you are subscribed. And now let's get on with today's show. Well, happy Monday, everyone. I hope you all had a great weekend, likely outsourcing for your reselling business, garage sales, thrift stores. Hope you were able to find some good stuff. We have a jam-packed show today, and we're going to start off with drama, drama in the reselling community over on Instagram. There's been a lot of chatter over on Instagram, people making posts, usually kind of passive-aggressive posts with these thinly-veiled Um, jabs at people who they usually don't name, but you kind of know who they're talking about. And people have asked me, oh, is it this person's side or that person? And let me tell you, it's all over the place. There's sides here, sides there. Sometimes you think someone's on somebody's side, then they're on somebody else's. It's crazy. But we're going to go over the four main points that there's a lot of drama, passive aggressive posts about over on Instagram. Let's say that. First of all, our Poshmark sharing bots. Now, these are programs that you would um, purchase. Basically, somebody's offering a sharing service of your Poshmark closet and you pay them to do that, but they're using bots. They're not manually doing it, which is can be seen as a violation of Poshmark policy. There's a lot of arguments going on over on Instagram about sharing bots. Now, there are people who run legitimate sharing services and they are manually sharing closets, but then there are other people who have developed software and it's doing it via bots. So that is controversy number one, the sharing bots and people who are selling that service. Drama number two, sellers are now wanting Poshmark to pay them to speak at Poshfest. Now, Poshmark has this Poshfest thing every year, kind of like eBay open, but smaller because it's Poshmark and Poshmark's smaller. Let's just say that. <laughs> I know people get all on Poshmark, but Poshmark is way smaller than eBay. eBay open is a huge event out in Vegas. Poshmark has these Poshfests, but they've been getting bigger, right? And during Poshfest, you go and you socialize and they have panels and whatnot. And sellers are invited. Some sellers are invited to speak on these panels. Now sellers this year are seemingly trying to band together to get Poshmark to pay them to speak at Poshfest. Now, most sites that have events do not pay people who sit on panels, right? eBay open, they have panels of people. They don't pay those people. VidCon, which is uh, YouTube's big conference, they don't pay people to come and sit on panels or even have their own solo event. They usually provide them a ticket VidCon does. A ticket, maybe a hotel room, depending on how big you are. eBay gives you nothing. um, And Poshmark doesn't give you anything. Now, me personally, I think that Poshmark, if they're asking you to sit on a panel, they should at least give you a ticket to the event. Maybe some swag, you know, a little gift bag with some stuff in it. Okay. eBay, the benefit of speaking there on a panel is that you get in with the eBay executives and the eBay tech team. There's a lot of benefits to going to eBay Open to network with eBay itself, right? Versus Poshmark, when you compare Poshmark to eBay. eBay is a major site. There's all kinds of backend stuff to it, right? A lot of people that you can kind of get an in with, then you have a direct line to eBay. Versus Poshmark, where they really don't have the infrastructure that eBay has. So schmoozing with Poshmark 
executives and staff, not as important as mingling with eBay staff, in my opinion. So going to eBay Open, speaking on a panel, not being paid, not even giving you a free ticket, you're likely to get some real business benefit from that. Poshmark being invited to speak on a panel, you might get social media recognition, right? If you're trying to grow your social media and you're utilizing social media to grow your Poshmark closet, okay, then there's that. Do I think eBay Open should give panel speakers a ticket to the event? Yes, I do. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Do I think Poshmark should give panel speakers tickets to the event? Yes, I do. Do I think either site should pay for hotel rooms? Uh, Probably not. When should a site or a company pay you cash if you are being hired to put on a presentation? Retired athletes basically make their money doing motivational speeches. A company pays them to come. They give a speech. They're paid. They get hotel. They get um, their travel comped. They get meals comped. They're being hired to basically give a speech, kind of be part of the event, right? It's a job. Panel speaking at eBay, Poshmark, wherever, where you sit on a stage with a few other people and you answer questions for an hour, eh, not the same in my mind as being a featured speaker and having a room to yourself where you are, you can say whatever you want. Now, Poshmark is also asking people uh, who agree to sit on a panel at PoshFest that they sign an agreement and they would be giving Poshmark the right to use photos and all the stuff that goes on at PoshFest. I don't know. It depends on what you want. Do you want to drive traffic to your closet or do you want to build a larger social media presence, which could then in turn drive traffic to your closet? And you have to see if that is a benefit, right? How much benefit are you going to get from being on a panel at Poshmark? If you feel like you're going to get a big boost to your social media and it'll help grow your business, then that's quote unquote payment for you. Same with eBay. If you go to eBay open and you sit on a panel, the in that you can get with eBay is probably more valuable in the long run to your business than if they paid you. I do believe, again, like I said, that they should at least give you tickets to the event. I don't think they should pay for hotel, really, if you're just going to sit on a panel for an hour with some other people. And they should probably give you some swag, right? So you get a ticket and you get some swag and you're going to be able to promote yourself. But there is this movement on Instagram for people to force Poshmark to pay them to speak at PoshFest, which I personally don't think will go anywhere because Poshmark will find plenty of other people who don't demand to be paid and they'll get them to speak. You can let me know what you think about the being paid to speak at PoshFest because that is, along with the Poshmark sharing bots, another drama. Drama number three <laughs> over on Instagram regarding the reselling community are selling courses. In the past couple of weeks, a number of sellers have popped up with new ebooks, courses, Patreon groups regarding reselling, and they are mostly focused on Poshmark. Some people, they're all in. These people have gotten lots of signups. They want people want the information from these sellers, the Deal Queen and Nicole State. They're both doing them. They've got a lot of signups, a lot of interest. Then you have other people who are making snide, you know, passive aggressive comments, not naming those two ladies individually, but you know who they're talking about because they're the ones with the big courses. 
and saying you should never pay for any information. There's plenty of free information, yada, yada, yada. Now, as someone who sells books regarding eBay, I cannot sit here and say, oh, no, don't pay for information because I have paid for information my entire reselling career. I started reselling. I bought a lot of books, a lot of books about eBay um, back when there was no YouTube. <laughs> I've consumed a lot of YouTube content. Yeah, it's free, but there's advertisers on there. You know, you're paying indirectly. You have internet access, right? So I have paid for information and I've also paid for my education by buying things uh, that turned out to be duds and not being worth to resell, but it's called buying your education. So there's that. So I've spent money on information. And I think a lot of people do. If you have someone who's providing valuable information, there's nothing wrong with paying for it. And there's nothing wrong with those people offering it. Because again, it's your choice whether you pay or not. But that's the other drama, selling courses. And then finally, mystery boxes, because every week someone is posting about another seller who sold a crappy mystery box. Mystery box, I got it. There was a bunch of junk in it and I'm mad. And this is how we do mystery boxes. If you don't want to be disappointed with a mystery box, don't buy them. There are some really good sellers who sell mystery boxes. Look at their feedback. Listen to what other people have posted about them getting a mystery box from that person. Now, I only buy boxes that are manifested from liquidation companies. That's just me. But if you don't want to get burned by a mystery box, keep your eyes and ears open. Because when somebody sells bad mystery boxes, trust me, everybody's going to know about it. So do your research. But Again, the Instagram drama, Poshmark sharing bots, sellers wanting Poshmark to pay them to speak at Poshfest, people selling courses and mystery boxes. All going on over on Instagram, lots of drama, lots of passive aggressiveness. You can let me know what you think about any or all of those topics. At least you thought I was done with the drama. Oh no, there's more over on Instagram. <laughs> this time it revolves around vintage clothing sellers. This drama involves Butch Wax Vintage, who's a very large um, vintage seller of vintage fashion. She has, she sells on Instagram. She sells on her own website. She's very, very well known. Well, she's now being targeted by other resellers who say that she is selling modern clothing and that she's passing it off as vintage. Now, two accounts that have been posting a lot about her in the past week are Tamara Vintage Diva and Misguided Vintage. Both of them are showing DMs and screenshots of items that they say Butch Wax Vintage has been passing off as vintage, but when they're actually modern. One is a knit kind of romper, jumper outfit. I don't know. It's got a top and shorts and it's knitted. And they say that she's passing this off as a vintage piece. However, they are pointing to the fact that the exact same piece is being sold on a modern Chinese-based website. Again, like I said, they're showing DMs from other people who said they've bought items from her that have been damaged or they know they're not vintage. So this is a big discussion going on over on Instagram with a lot of people chiming in. Now, I have not seen Butchwax Vintage actually respond to it. But as I said, these two other accounts are going after her hard. It seems like every day I will go over there and check and they're posting more information about it. So this is something that is definitely big in, like I said, that vintage fashion realm of reselling. But you can let me know your thoughts on it. Uh, but yeah, it is 
quite vicious what people are posting. But like I said, I'm not seeing any response directly from Butch Wax Vintage herself. Maybe she's just going to let it try to ride and not respond to anything. But if you want to go over to Instagram and dig into all of that, I will link both of, or I'm sorry, all three of those accounts if you want to go over, uh, check their stories generally. That's where they're posting most of the information. If you want to go down the deep hole of the vintage clothing drama over on Instagram. And now, how about we get into the actual <laughs> news from the reselling sites themselves? We'll start with eBay. Uh, eBay advertising is doing a big push for back to school. They posted on Twitter. As back-to-school season approaches, take a glimpse into the shopping habits of audiences important to you this fall. Now, this is really uh, geared toward larger brands that would advertise on eBay, but I thought it was interesting to look into because we can see what we might have as resellers to list that people are looking for. So this first statistic is that back-to-school shopping drives scale and engagement, 74 million average daily searches, plus 14% increased time spent shopping on eBay. So people are definitely on eBay shopping for back-to-school. Now, shopping for work and play, the items people are buying are Crocs. 800-plus pairs of Crocs are purchased daily on eBay. A backpack is purchased every minute. Three consoles are purchased every minute, computer and gaming consoles. A toy is purchased every second, and a calculator is purchased every minute. Moms with kids ages three, or six to 13, excuse me, spend 22 days shopping around before making a purchase. Really? 22 days? I spend like 22 seconds and I'm done. They browse 25 items before they make a purchase. They spend eight minutes on an average session. And 72% are ages 25 to 44. The top brands that they're purchasing are Disney, Nintendo, and Mattel. And the categories they're shopping in are kids' clothing, shoes and accessories, makeup, children's books, preschool toys and pretend play, dolls, greeting cards, and party supplies. Back-to-school shoppers are spending 20 days shopping before making a purchase. They're browsing 21 items before they make a purchase. They're spending eight minutes in an average session and two in five have a household income under $100,000. They're shopping for Lego, Nintendo, and HP, and they are looking in the beads and jewelry making, collectible card games, sports trading cards, fashion jewelry, nail care, and building toys. This makes me think these craft items and such, since it's a back-to-school shopper, um, where are the clothes? <laughs> it's all other stuff to do at home. Uh, final uh, statistics that eBay has provided Audience targeting powered by first-party data, real intent signals, including search behaviors, item views, category shopped, etc., 104 million hours of shopping data collected monthly, and dynamic audiences are updated in real time, creating meaningful moments every time. Now, that's for brands who want to subscribe to eBay's um, advertising program. So that's the kind of information that they will give advertisers. But I just wanted to go through and share with you some of the back-to-school shopping insights. So Crocs, backpacks, calculators, consoles. I don't know how much clothing is going to be sold this year uh, for back-to-school. I don't know how it's going in your area. I haven't even heard what our local school district is doing for back-to-school. I think they're going to try in-person, but things are changing daily. There's been school systems that have, were going to do in-person 
Now they've pulled back. So I don't know what the back-to-school clothing shopping situation is going to be this year, but there will be, still be things that parents are looking for for back-to-school, including technology, uh, those calculators, and anything that kids can do, I suppose, at home in between doing schoolwork. We've been talking a lot on the show about Walmart looking to take on Amazon directly. One thing they're doing is allowing third-party sellers to sell on their site called Walmart Marketplace. Now, this isn't like FBA where you can just box up a bunch of random stuff that you get at garage sales and send in. They are looking, I think, to start with more uh, legitimate you know, businesses who are maybe buying wholesale liquidation and have multiple quantities of things. But I did want to go over what you need to have if you want to apply to sell on uh, Walmart's marketplace, you're going to have to have a U.S. business tax ID. Social security number is not accepted, so you can't be a sole proprietor. You've got to have that U.S. business tax ID, a W-9 or W-8, and EIN verification letter from the Department of Treasury that verifies your U.S. business address or place of physical operations, a U.S. business address, planned integration method for your product catalog, bulk upload API or solution provider, and primary product categories, catalog size, and related information. This example, total SKUs you will be selling on walmart.com initially with verified UPC information and used versus refurbished, etc. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, those of you who do sell on Amazon and thought maybe um, Walmart might be an option for you. If you have a large scale business, you have a warehouse, you're getting lots of uh, items in, you know, you're doing truckloads basically, then the Walmart marketplace might be something that you want to look into. But it'll be interesting to see how it continues to develop. When Amazon started their third party seller program, they were mainly looking at people who, you know, ran businesses where they had multiple quantity. Basically, they're buying liquidation wholesale versus buying stuff at thrift stores to flip. Of course, now they've moved on and you can send almost anything into Amazon as long as you're ungated, even items that are open box or secondhand, depending on the category. So I just wanted to share that. Of course, we will keep an eye on what Walmart, um, as they grow here with their marketplace, but um, definitely continue to make those moves and um, be interesting to see. I think it'll just mean more competitive pricing for customers uh, between Walmart and Amazon, especially when Walmart launches their own Prime-like service where you pay for up to same-day delivery uh, from Walmart. Some retail news today. Bankrupt Neiman Marcus is going to vacate the Hudson Yards Mall in New York. It's been hardly a year since invitees danced the night away and sipped champagne throughout a sprawling new Neiman Marcus department store in Manhattan with the opening party featuring a special performance by Liza Minnelli. The department store chain in bankruptcy court is now set to vacate the glitzy Hudson Yard shopping mall on the west side in New York City. So that will leave a gaping hole in that mall because... That was a big old store. Um, mall owner Simon is looking to make a bid of $305 million for the bankrupt Books Brothers. This is a story that is developing with mall owners, shopping mall owners, companies that own you know several malls, considering buying um, retail stores that are in bankruptcy, wanting to close in order to keep those stores open to save the malls. So we will keep an eye on that. Um, as we go forward. And I did want to touch on one more story 
today, and that is a potential new stimulus package. There's an article over on CNBC.com. Mnuchin says $1 trillion GOP coronavirus relief plan is ready and will move very quickly with Democrats. Now, both Democrats and Republicans have been forming their own plans for a new stimulus package. Of course, the first one gave most Americans $1,200 stimulus payments. There were loans and programs and grants available to small businesses. Those programs have um, stopped, expired, completed, whatever you want to say. And the unemployment, that extra unemployment of $600 a week is expiring this week. So this story reads, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin on Sunday said Republicans have finalized their latest piece of coronavirus relief legislation worth about $1 trillion and intend to introduce it Monday. We do have an entire plan, Mnuchin said on Fox News Sunday. The Trump administration and the Senate Republicans are completely on the same page. Mnuchin said he hopes Congress can work in a bipartisan manner to approve the Republican proposal, which is expected to have another round of $1,200 stimulus checks for Americans and liability protections for businesses and schools. It will also modify the federal unemployment insurance supplement to include about 70% wage replacement for individuals, he said, instead of the $600 boost in weekly benefits for all recipients. That benefit, which was a key component of the $2.2 trillion CARES Act, has come to an end. We can move very quickly with the Democrats on these issues. We've moved quickly before, and I see no reason why we can't move quickly again, he said. White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow on CNN earlier Sunday called the Republican proposal a very well-rounded package. He also said the Trump administration intends to extend the federal moratorium on evictions, but didn't specify whether that would be in the legislation. This will be the fifth set of legislation, so there's no reason why we can't have number five, six, and seven as we need to deal with issues, added Mnuchin on Fox. And obviously, anything we do needs bipartisan support. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Democrats have been anxious to negotiate with Republicans since mid-May when the lower chamber approved a $3 trillion coronavirus rescue package. The bill, passed almost entirely with Democratic votes, went nowhere in the GOP-controlled Senate. They're in disarray, and that delay is causing suffering for Americans' families, Pelosi said the Republicans on CBS's Face the Nation. We have been ready for two months and 10 days. Pelosi added that the House, which has a recess scheduled for August, can't go home without the next piece of coronavirus legislation being approved. She also appeared to push back on the Republicans' plan for the federal unemployment supplement, suggesting that calculating a specific amount for each person would be difficult. The reason we had $600 was its simplicity and figuring out 70% of somebody's wages. People don't all make a salary. They make wages, and they sometimes have it vary. So why don't we just keep it simple? Republicans contend that continuing the $600 weekly benefit could inhibit the U.S. economic recovery since some workers may make more on unemployment insurance than they did on the job. House Democrats in their May legislation extended the $600 weekly benefit through January, Senate Democrats have proposed linking the level of the federal supplement to state unemployment rates. Under the proposal, the amount of the weekly benefit would be reduced as the economic conditions in a state approved. So that will be the big news this week as Republicans and Democrats debate another stimulus package, possibly getting more checks out to Americans and dealing with um, evictions of people who cannot pay their rent, as well as the unemployment uh, payout. So we will definitely keep an eye on that. And you can let me know if you have um, any concerns in your household. Are you counting on them, uh, extending protections against evictions? And have you been getting that extra $600? And what's that going to mean for you and your family if you lose it?
that's a wrap on today's show. If you listened on YouTube, be sure to give the video a thumbs up and leave a comment. Remember that you can also listen to the podcast via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and more. Check out the show notes for links to the articles I referenced. And if you want to learn how to make money on eBay and YouTube the way I do, check out my books over on Amazon. My Amazon store is also linked. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye.